Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's what the show is about. Yeah, and you'd think I'd listen. I I had to go and catch the Rona. Oh, my. God. <laughs> you got it right you yeah. got it yeah and is it is it hard to breathe what's going on what are your symptoms um that that's why it took me so long to realize it i i got a cold last last saturday just a head cold no body aches no fever no nausea no vomiting no uh no butt vomiting nothing oh my god and i gross rolling through the week and then on uh then bug got a fever so we gave him a home test turns out he's got he came up positive for covid and so i went and got tested at work and came up positive so and and amy came up negative so far she tested at the doctors so it's just like one of those things where it's like man it it is a different animal maybe it's because i'm vaccinated but it's not what i expected I expected it to be a lot more and a lot worse. So if you've got a cold, be aware. Because we had a bunch of people in our office that had colds and had to get tested because they they were negative and and they were negative. negative. So I was like, man, I got this shitty office cold. And I and now it's been uh, a solid eight days that I've had this cold. It's just made me kind of tired. But when um, did you find out? the test when did you do the test i did the test on uh thursday oh, wow how yeah. crazy i mean there's let's just be honest like i don't want to be on any side of the aisle and i know you don't want to chuck uh, no like, no mike I mean, will probably mike will probably take his rightful place at the left of goddamn right the argument but <laughs> i don't think we know i don't think i don't think these people know shit about this virus no, I really what, don't. I really don't. And we think we know so much. Well, the difference is I'm kind of glad that Bug, because I'm kind of glad he, he had a, a, a nice, heavy fever, not feeling good bout of it. Because it's going to be around the rest of his life. He's going to need to fight this numerous times on his own. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, that part didn't bother me so much. It was it was the whole idea that when my... But he, my didn't, age, get any, he didn't get any breathing problems, right? No, and we keep we have one of those oxygen sensors we got about two years ago when this thing started. And we've been all in the 97, 98. So it's like it's not, not like anything. Like, how like, do you explain that? I, I hate to say it, Chuck. You're not in the greatest of shape. <laughs> right? And you're not dying of COVID. Right. Wait a minute. How old are you? I'm 54. Okay, so you're in a higher demographic, but right, right, because well, like, the, like the what I found funny about the whole thing is that everything I was supposed to look for, like the loss of smell, the loss yeah, of taste, didn't have any the of fever, it. the the feeling wobbly. I just I felt just like a head cold, still smelling things, still smelt it when it rained. So it's just. Like, this is how stupid the whole thing is about how we're living. I was in Pasadena. It's Elvis's birthday this weekend. I was in Pasadena. We went to Korean barbecue last night. They took our temperatures, but then you just walk in. So they take your temperature 
which if they would have taken your temperature all week, you would have been fine and you would have right. infected the whole restaurant with COVID. But <laughs> so they take your temperature and then you literally just walk 10 feet to your table and take your mask off. It's all a fucking <laughs> joke. It's a fucking well, joke. And then at Dodger Stadium, Sid and I went on Sunday's playoff game. You have to wear a mask walking around by the food stuff, but as soon as you get in your in your seat, you can take your mask off. In right. your seat is where the people behind you scream and spit on you. Right. right. You understand? It makes well, it's just right because all the, these rules. The the work things that because our HR lady is 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 really on point. You know, the according to the CDC guidelines, when I'm doing a group. Even if there's like 20 people in the group, if I'm not within six feet of them, apparently they can't get this. And I just got a call. I mean, I, I know we're all vaccinated. I know you've even gotten your, um, your I booster, got my booster, right? I've had my booster I, I for like I a month. Got, I haven't gotten my booster yet, but I think I just got one. Um, <laughs> yeah, you sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got a flu shot this week. That's how well I was feeling. Even though I had this little bit of a cold, I got my flu shot on Tuesday. It's insane. It's crazy and it's indefinable. And they're trying to say this does it or that does it. And and, and I'll, I'll, you know, and, and let me just first say I'm not a Trumper. I fucking think the guy's the biggest con artist that ever got shit on the American public. I don't do Twitter. I don't get my news from Facebook. I'm just an average person trying to have a human experience experience in a world that has gone mad and the fact <laughs> is florida let let everybody just spit on each other no mass no mass in the in the kids whatever we've locked down california we live in fauciania <laughs> and and we still lead the country in death and infection rates i mean it's crazy it is crazy but you know that's i think that's a mistake we make a lot with a lot of things is I can't universalize like my single experience. Like, because how does tra how does how does my wife? Well, I was going to talk about contact tracing. Yeah, not but, have but, any have it. How does not have it? How does she? I mean, and without and this isn't weird, but we're like one of those couples where we sleep super close. It's like if we're not touching at any hey, part in the night, is it, 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 it too, it is it too much to ask if you guys have been intimate in this time that you didn't know whether you were in COVID or not? No, you know what? No, we have. And she brought that up because it's like for 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 <laughs> she, like this. She last brought it up. No, she for this last for this last week, I go, I go. She goes. Well, it's not like we've um, been busy in the last week. And I said, but when I lay down, my head stuffs up, and it it is like one of those serious like nighttime. So you had a cold colds. and you didn't want to so, have sex, Chuck? Is that it, what you're it, telling it, me? It was a snotty, gross <laughs> nose, and I couldn't I couldn't breathe through it. And Mike, has that like, ever stopped you from having sex? Where's Mike Mart? Uh, this sounds gross to me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Smoking a cigar? What are you watching the Dodger game? What are you doing? I'm just listening to all this. All this. I'm taking it all in. Mike, has having a runny nose ever stopped you from having sex? Uh, I had sex one time after I got in a bar fight in New Orleans and got beat up really bad. I had sex with a girl on top of a car, bloody, all bleeding and all beat up. My <laughs> face was all beat up. <laughs> yeah, you guys weren't married for 20 years. <laughs> so I'm probably not the right person to ask. Right, have you, have you, probably have you ever been married for 20 years? Well, you, you don't have to be intimate. It's not a big be, deal. You don't have to be intimate to be close, you know, face to face with somebody. But I just right. find it fascinating. The original thing, if you go back and listen to the podcast, right, when 
when Sydney school was still open, but then they had an outbreak. One kid got COVID member. And, um, and that kid just played uh, today soccer. I just saw the kid that had COVID like a year and a half ago. And the mother thought they thought she, they gave her a test. She was negative. The mother slept in the bed with her comforting her because she had the flu and then it found out two days later that they that she she had COVID. The mother didn't get COVID. She never tested positive. She was holding an infected child, right, in so bed a- all night and didn't get COVID. I mean, seriously, I'm not I'm not saying I'm anti this or pro that. I'm just trying to show that it's just this fantasy. This illusion of safety that everybody's trying to, I don't know, live within or something. You know, you know and, what I mean? And we've had that happen a lot. Where we've had clients that are roommates. And one gets uh, one gets COVID, so we, we isolate them. And then we put their, their roommate on isolation also in a separate room. And very rarely do roommates actually, I mean, it's like, crazy the numbers roommates with no masks on in a closed room don't infect each other but we gotta wear masks when we go get dodger dogs at dodger stadium but we don't have to wear masks when we're sitting in our seats how the fuck does that make (laughs) any sense to anybody but the most stupid if you go to pick up at elvis's school every parent's wearing a mask right Mm mm-hmm 30 miles east, 26 miles actually, east of that school is Sydney soccer game. Not one person wearing a mask. Hundreds of kids running around, coaches, you know, fucking four soccer fields with three games at one every hour, all parents, all kids running around, nobody wearing masks 26 miles away. It's just crazy. The, the whole inconsistency of it all. I've just had enough. So now, yeah. now we're going to see, Chuck, I think, so, so what was your plan with bug about vaccination once? Because the vaccinations are coming at the end of October and Sydney and Elvis are going to be the first ones in line. We've already primed Sydney. She can't wait to get it, right? And she sees it as I'm getting a shot that's keeping people safe. I, I was going to ask the people that I that I know that are in the healthcare field before I did all that to find out what they thought the same way I did with this one. But now I'm not gonna be able to do anything with a vaccine with, for him for, I think it's what, six or nine months. Oh, you can't get the vaccine after you've had COVID. You know, you're not supposed to get it within it. I I'll have to double check that because I haven't, you know, I haven't been on this side of it before. I didn't think I would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just don't, I don't get our society anymore. I, I, I don't get it. It's Elvis's birthday and he, and he I wanted to get him a phone, A, because then I don't have to put that much money out for a birthday present because it's easy to get a phone. <laughs> right? See, right? And he's impressed by having a new phone. So it's like a perfect thing. I do it at Christmas too with Chrissy. I always get Chrissy the new iPhone. It actually <laughs> doesn't cost you anything. You take the old iPhone, you trade it in. And you pay like $20 a month, but they think you got a thousand dollar present. It's one of the great, I'm passing this wisdom along to our listeners. You want to get a great present for your kid or your wife or your husband, get them the new iPhone 
and trade in the old one, and it costs you like twenty bucks a month for three years. Well, well you, you, know. you didn't get it. You didn't get an I a, a twelve, did you? Yeah, iPhone twelve. He he got he had an iPhone eight, and it, they gave us five hundred and fifty dollars credit. Oh, nice! How crazy is that? Is that? Verizon. Yeah, Verizon. Yeah. Verizon you does a good job. Active, you got to pay the activation fees, thirty-five dollars, and blah blah. But whatever, I got him a. And you have to pay the tax. So I paid like 120 bucks today and I got to pay 20 bucks a month and the, and the activation fee 35 bucks. So 170 bucks. He's walking around looking at this phone. Like it's like, it, like it's a godsend. Like, look at this. He shows everyone. He shows strangers. Look <laughs> at it. Hey, they're filming movies on iPhone 12s now. Pro. Yeah. He, he showed me a bunch of things he already learned on it, but, um, but he only has it on weekends. So I don't know what the big deal is, but anyways, so, so I go to, the, so I go to this phone place where it's called go wireless. They send me Chuck, they send me uh, at least 20 emails a month. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, it's Go Wireless. Come on down, Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob, do you know you're entitled to this? Hey, we've got a free thing for you, Bob. Come on. They always use your name and the email, yeah. right? Yeah. So I go down to Go Wireless yesterday. I wanted to have it in the box here at home to, you know, have them open it or something, right? The guy goes, oh, we don't have any iPhones. I said, you don't have any, not even an iPhone 10. I don't even care. Anything, anything above an eight. I'll take anything above an eight. <laughs> the guy goes, we don't have any phones. I go, what the fuck do you, you got your phone store. He goes, yeah, <laughs> but you know, there's some delivery, you know, everybody's talking about this China delivery system problem. You notice that? Target people talk about it because my Starbucks double shots aren't at Target. Oh yeah, there's some some pipeline problems with the, you know, China, China, China. Like, mm, really? They make okay. Starbucks double shots in China? Maybe they do. Have you ever looked out in the ocean? There's about 60 uh, yeah, cargo those ships. Yeah, right. I mean, they're all in, waiting in line to get inspected. And, yeah, apparently the problem, double man. shot, apparently the one with the iPhone iPhones and the ones with the Starbucks double shots sank in the in the Pacific Ocean somewhere. Uh, of course, of course. So, so there's, <laughs> they, but they, but everybody's they made kind an of oil an spill. expert. They're kind of an expert that everything comes from China. And I had this discussion at Target with this girl. Like I said, I don't think Starbucks double shots come from China, do they? And she goes, everything comes from China. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So the double shots aren't there. So this kid at the Go Wireless tells me, yeah, there's a problem with, the, you know, Apple's Apple phone, the distribution of the phone. So blah, blah, blah. I say, you tell me Apple stocks at $211 a share and they're having a problem getting phones out to the stores. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe whoever manages your store is a fuck up and doesn't know how to order phones. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the guy says, he goes, he's so funny. You are such so, a grouchy he, old man. I <laughs> am always everywhere I go. And I'm turning Sydney into it. Sydney always backs me up. Sydney always backs me up and says, yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? And Elvis is like, dad, dad, calm down. Or he, he debriefs with me in the car. Was that called for dad? That's what he said today. Was that called for? So the guy says, you know, who will have phones? And I perked up my ears this is yesterday 
And he goes, the Verizon store itself over on campus. Uh, campus is a street by my house. But it's quite a ways away. It's like six, eight miles away, Chuck. I don't like getting out of my comfort zone. So oh, then no. I decide God, that's five minutes. Holy shit. I know. I decide, it's not easy on foot. I know. I decide you should get that we're going. So I make a big deal out of it. We have Sydney's soccer game. And then we're, we come home, we unload all the shit and we're going to Verizon wireless to get Elvis's phone. Yeah. 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 And we go there. I walk in, the guy says, can I help you? And I said, I hope so. Um, we want to get him an iPhone 10 or something, any, you know, any kind of thing. Where are the iPhones? And he goes, Oh, they're over here. And I said a 10 or, or 11, I don't know how much is a 12. And he said, we'll figure it out. Go look at the phones. So we go look at the phones. Oh, you know, and you got every iPhone known to man and every Samsung Samsung has that phone that flips open. Have you seen mm -hmm. that? Oh yeah, that's my cool. God, yeah. that is fucking cool. If it, if I knew Samsung like and, apps, I would and get the, that. And it's and it's seamless. The screen it's seamless. is seamless. How do mm -hmm. they do that? I don't How know. do they do that? It's got to be <laughs> fucking cheap and broke. It's, it's gonna. It's got to be China. I bet you it's from China. It's gonna break. You know. Okay, so we're looking at the iPhones, and I I see the biggest one because he watches a lot of YouTube on there. So I get to see the biggest one, and I say, "Well, we'll take this one." And I wave over the guy, and the guy that told me to come over and look at him. He doesn't come over, but he said, and I walk over towards him. He goes, oh, he's going to help you. So then this other guy comes over. And I go, I think we want this. Like, can you get this? I want to get the least gigabyte. So it's the least price. I go, is this coming 64? And he goes, no, it only comes 128. I said, okay, we'll take it. And he goes, great. Um, so, so I say, and we've got his phone to trade in and I've, I've got a free phone coming, you know, all the Verizon bullshit. And he goes, great, great, great. And he starts like tapping on his little iPad thing. And then he goes, um, we should have it in probably Thursday. Right. <laughs> this, today is Saturday. <laughs> I go, have it in. You're the Verizon store. And I go, we don't have to take that phone. Whatever, like, big phone you got. And he goes, oh, we don't have any phones. Oh, I said, my. wait a minute. Oh, you don't have any phones at the Verizon store that your whole $327 million marketing campaign is get a free phone. That's why you have a job <laughs> is because you're trying to sign people up by enticing them with a free phone and you don't have phones. And he goes, well, I mean, you can just, we, we order them and then we, we have you could you, you we have a uh, fast pickup i said faster than amazon coming to my front door are you fucking kidding me mm. and the guy's like no i mean we get phones faster than amazon i said how do you know that i said dude you're not gonna have a job eventually artificial intelligence will just take over sales and then amazon drones will deliver phones to people's houses and you won't have a job and he goes he goes beyond my control sir <laughs> <laughs> that's beyond yeah. my control and elvis is pulling my arm trying to get me out of this come on dad i couldn't <laughs> believe it so yeah. then i said we got to go to a mom and pop store and elvis is like like he thinks it's chrissy's parents i go no they don't have a phone store i'm talking about a mom and pop store did it ever dawn on you to call them and say what phones do you have in stock 
this moment it did, Mike. It's All good right. that you bring that up. So I do, <laughs> I do phone, I do Verizon phone sales near me, and yeah. I start calling them. Right, I call like four of them. One was in the Montclair Mall, and I decided I don't want to go to the Montclair Mall. There's 10 million people there on Saturday. I don't want to go there. So, but I knew in my back pocket, Chuck, if push comes to shove, we're fucking going to the mall. But I'm going to try some other mom and pops. Elvis learned what a mom and pop is today. Nice. He didn't know what that was. So I call, you know, just because I'm driving and I'm just pushing call on the ones that pop up near me. Right. I call and I go, hey, you got any iPhones? And he goes, uh, what model? And I said, I don't know, a 10 or whatever, a 12. How much is, do you have 12s? And he goes, yeah, we've got a couple of 12s, a graphite one uh 250 gigabyte and i said oh wow and like i don't need that much i said you got tens he goes we've got a couple of tens and i said well where are you located he tells me the address it's the place i was at yesterday it's the place i was at yesterday i swear to god so you just got a bad clerk a bad clerk that didn't want us wait on me or something. I don't know what it was. So we went there and had the greatest experience in the world. The kid was amazing. He was smart. He was funny. He told us exactly how long Elvis's phone was taking to download. And, and he suggested, Chuck, this is a 21, 22-year-old kid. He said, you got 21 more minutes here, and it's probably probably really hard for the kids to sit and wait like this why don't you go to 31 flavors down a couple doors down i go good idea take the kids yeah. to get ice cream <laughs> fucking the guy's a genius working at go wireless this guy's on the way to being a great dad that guy yeah, yeah he is yeah, right but yeah. but just to meet somebody competent and fucking excellent and and it was just amazing. He was, a, this kid was amazing. So he downloads the phone. He tells me, you know, you've got this bundle thing that you shouldn't do. You should do it this other way. He wiggles all my billing around. He gets it. So I get a free phone and we get an iPad for $10. The kid was amazing. It was amazing. We had gone to Chuck to the regional Verizon big box store. Mm -hmm. And they were incompetent idiots. <laughs> and we go to this little kid working in Laverne next to a 31 flavors. And the kid's a genius. Was that he wearing a mask? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Not that smart then. Uh, <laughs> smarter than you think. Smarter <laughs> than you think when he sees two kids coming in. <laughs> But it was just, oh, I, I wear them every day, Mike. I wear them every day at work. I'm not anti anything. Right. What's important to me is that how hard it is and how happy you are to find a single competent person. That says a lot. It used to be like you could point out the one bad place. You know, it used to be like, don't go there. Those people are idiots. And now it's like, you should go there. There's one good person. Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's no. I'm sad. gonna hire the. I'm gonna hire this kid and make him program director. I, I, yeah, I like I, fuck yeah. Bring him in. Bring him in. I mean, but the, in this generation, if you're competent, you, you know, sky's the limit. You could be president of the United States if you're just basically competent, right? Mm -hmm. 
You don't have to be basically competent to be the president of the United States. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, what day? What day is it? I wanna, I wanna make a prediction here, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? It, what day is it? It's like October 9th. October 9th, twenty twenty-one. October ninth. I predict Donald Trump will be president again in twenty twenty-four. He will be president. Can we just again. like steer clear of that until twenty-four? No, but I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying I predict. I see into the future, Chuck. I see it very clearly. And yeah, but a lot of cool things could happen. Like he could die. I don't want he it. Could. I'll probably have to move. I'm going to probably have to move to uh, to uh, uh, Brazil. I asked Elvis if he would want to move to Brazil today, and he said, "Dad, it's so far away from my friends. We'd have you'd have to learn a different language that you weren't too good at the first time because we lived down there for a little while." And he said this craziest thing. He's like 11, going on 20. He yeah. goes not everything about life is being at the beach and being happy. Ooh. I was like, what? I, I don't like his attitude. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got it all kinds of sideways. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think I instilled that thought in him, but I didn't like it when it came back at me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I but didn't every, like that, that rational every, thought. And I, I get it. I mean, sometimes I do think it would be really nice to just stop being a part of any city and um, and go up and hang out with the hippies and grow weed but it just goes against so much of what i believe and let's clarify right. this chuck you don't actually live in huntington beach right no he does live in Huntington. you live he does not. You, he if you're gonna fountain say you live valley. in west oh fountain valley there's no such thing as fountain valley those are just people that didn't <laughs> want to pay honey come on you guys no no we, we, okay. we, we used to be called the, the city motto was the gateway to Huntington Beach. And then it changed to a nice place to live. No, what year was... No, here's what happened. A lot of people that live in, like, our Milwaukee guys, they don't know. They just think L.A. must be, like, as big as, you know, the, the China with all the names of cities we have. Here's why there's so many cities in Southern California for all of you that don't live here. There's only, there really started out with only like about 20 cities for a hundred years. It was fine. Then all these idiots in the sixties and seventies didn't want to pay taxes. So they, they incorporated a new city and, and it's just an, a few blocks of another city. That's what Westminster and Fountain Valley are. That's what Gowton Garden Grove is. There was Huntington beach. It was established in what 1912 or something. Huntington Beach uh, was that entire region. Santa Ana was all of Anaheim, Anaheim Hills, Tustin, all that bullshit towns they say they have. It was fucking Santa Ana. It's why it's Santa called Anna the was Santa huge. Ana Freeway, right? Right. In here, was in, huge. here in Claremont, it was Pomona. The how about how about this? The most famous college in California, or the, the, the highest, most prestigious college in, in California, but it's like Berkeley and Pomona College. The Pomona Colleges are are in Claremont. Why do you think there's a thing that was established in 1896 in the city of Claremont called the Pomona Colleges, Chuck? Because it was Pomona. And then the People, you know, mostly the Howard Jarvis Republican white men didn't like taxes. So then they thought, you know, and and one of the things. So that's why there's 
like 300 cities across Southern California where it used to be 10 because people don't want to pay taxes. Well, they don't want to pay the, and they, and they subcontract out their, their uh, police and fire to LA fire and LA sheriff's department. It's just bullshit. All the, all these cities are bullshit. <laughs> there's Huntington beach, there's Santa Ana, there's LA, there's Pomona, there's, there's Long Beach. How many towns are around Long Beach, Mike? Isn't it like Torrance? Oh, there's a Los town? Alamitos, there's Bixby, there's, you know, Carson, Lakewood. Carson, yeah. Lakewood. That was all Long Beach. So we're just going to start saying that you live in Hollywood. <laughs> no, I live in Pomona. <laughs> no, you live in Hollywood, Bob. No, you don't live in, you know. You know, because so. it used to be just one place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but what I do remember is Costa Mesa, uh, Newport Beach, Huntington Beach, uh, Westminster. We all had the same um, area code. And yeah, then, I mean, then, 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 um, then Newport Beach wanted their own. And Costa Mesa wanted in on it so they could pretend to be nine four niners and then Yeah, well yeah. you can trace back how long is the how long has the fairgrounds been been there? Because I bet you if you trace back the history of the fairgrounds, it was the Newport Beach Fairgrounds. Yeah. Costa Mesa, how long has Costa Mesa been there? Bringing it up right now. Nineteen fifty three. Since it was incorporated in 1953, yes, 1953. And prior to that, was it Newport Beach? Because it is Newport it, Beach. It was a semi-rural farming community of 16,840. When was when was Newport Beach established? Probably like in 1910. Are you Newport ready for this? Newport Beach is 1906. Yeah, 1906. See what I'm saying? So get this. The city of San Dimas, which just had that horrible fire, two years ago, or a year and a half ago, that is the reason why all the bears are around my house constantly. There was four of them here off and on last night. There was bears up in the tree behind our house. They stayed there for a day, mm. just living in the tree behind our bedroom. It's crazy. And the fish and game told me it's because of the San Dimas fire, right? It was like, it wasn't this summer. It was last summer. So like, a, it was like 15 months ago. There was this horrible fire in San Dimas. San Dimas sold its water rights, Chuck. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. To the city of commerce for their casinos. So the water oh. that's under the ground in San Dimas gets pumped out and piped to the city of commerce. It's they... fucking madness. Southern California is madness, right? Yeah. And the only good thing about it is Ohana Fest. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's, that's How about segue. that for a segue, my friends? <laughs> it was it was five days of like forgetting that we were in Orange County. Five days of forgetting Trump and and the nine, November sixth, and five days of forgetting Gavin Newsom and his fascism. It was five days of like. People being together and being respectful and being cool. I, I don't know if you were there, Chuck, when Josh Klinghoffer played. You know, people congregated around. They didn't really know what to think. They didn't know, you know, who he was. I think a lot of the crowd didn't know who it was because he doesn't really say who he is. So, and they just slowly congregated around. Towards the end of the set, there was like 500 people watching him. 
It was That's beautiful. Cool. That doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen in real life where somebody that you don't even know who they are, what, what they're doing, or, you know, you know nothing about them. You never heard their music. And just people gravitate towards something that sounds good and they sit there and blissfully listen to a musician play music. That doesn't happen, especially in Orange County. That doesn't happen in Orange County. Mm -hmm. That happened every day, every set at Ohana Fest. So what is that spirit that is there? Is it Eddie? I think a lot of it has to do with Eddie and people's respect of Eddie. But more than that, like if he's booked these people or these people are his friends or these people are the people he wanted to play his festival, I'm going to appreciate them or I'm going to respect them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've, I've, opened, for the, I've true, opened for the biggest bands in the world. Most of the time you get shit thrown at you yeah. and <laughs> people boo you as soon as there's silence. And you're talking about like, you know, people were playing at one in the afternoon and people were respectful and cool and like old people and young people and young kids sitting around appreciating music in a way that not only is un Orange County like, it's un-Southern California-like. There was something about Ohana Fest that was really fucked with my head. Like, am I wrong mm -hmm. that people in L.A. are the worst crowds in the world? Because they are. I know that. I know that for a fact. I well, go, they're, the, uh, they're the hardest crowds to please, They don't sure. clap. They don't appreciate. After the third song, it's like dead silence. For some of the cool... I've seen some of the coolest bands, and you would think they were bombing... But I guess the people liked them. It was sold out. I saw Esmeralda Spalding right when she won the Grammy play the L Ray. It was sold out. Buzz of the world. This girl, she was amazing. She played great. And the crowd was silent. Just <laughs> sitting on their hands. Not one clap after the first or second song. Um, so Adam and the Ants, same thing. I went and saw Adam and the Ants like 10 years ago somewhere. I forget, like downtown LA at some movie theater. People like liked it for the first three or four songs. And then they're just like, ah, oh, whatever. And they stood around. So I started doing this thing about 10 years ago when I had, when I worked in Las Vegas a lot, where I would go see the band in Las Vegas. And then I would see them in LA because usually they're playing around the same time. They either play LA before and Vegas after or Vegas first and then LA after. And so I, I saw mm -hmm. about four or five bands in both places it's amazing to see people in Las Vegas. People oh, yeah. appreciate music in Las Vegas. People yeah. clap the whole set. People go nuts out there. Well, yeah, they, and then, not only that, you don't have to check with your neighbor to see if it's cool. You can just be. Las Vegas has a fun kind of Disneyland vibe. When we were there a few weeks ago, that was fantastic. Who did you see? Oh, Morrissey. Oh, my God. Did people just go nuts? Yeah, it was fantastic. It was yeah. fantastic. He, even I, even I saw even in Kiss the in Las Vegas at the Hard Rock Hotel. You would have loved it, Chuck. They're doing another residency somewhere there um, when they're done with this tour, and I want to I want to catch them there just for bug. I want to do it in a smaller place. But I saw Kiss on that same, you know, within two three years of that at the Forum, and you know, it was like people were, you know, unless it was a song they really really knew. People are just sitting down watching. Um, so, yeah. so LA audiences are, are known to be, you know, not very good audiences to play in front of. And, and Orange County is known to be very 
kind of picky about the music that they like. Like everybody's either in the mic neck nest box or they're in the system of a down box or they're in the napalm death box and right but and, but eddie, and, eddie curating that's i think that i think you hit the nail on the head with him is that people know that eddie actually curates those shows and that he's friendly with the bands and not only that but that he respects what they're doing on some level because the, everything we saw on that saturday with the, the yola and the, the maggie rogers I became Brandy, a fan. Did you say I, Brand? Did you see Brandy Carlisle? Yeah, uh, yeah. People love her, but that was on People Sunday. People love her, but I, I bet you, you go see her in L.A. That's not the reaction you get. No, but I, I would, but I would go see these people again, and they were people that I wouldn't have gone out of my way to see. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm sure. Like me and Sid were sitting next to this couple, and Sid was filming Josh, and the lady asked, like. Oh, does she really like him? And I said, well, he, she, she's kind of her uncle or kind of or whatever. Or, you know, and she said, oh, how nice. And she and they were watching this husband and wife. They were in their, you know, their, they were old, Chuck. They were probably 60. Oh, man. <laughs> they should be careful. <laughs> they did not dead. have five-year-old daughters. And they were just so respectful. And they clapped every song. Every song they clapped after. They didn't know who Josh was. Well, they I have a fun, I have a story, man. I thought I we were watching Josh, all of me and the girls, and there were these kind of big guys, you know, that were drinking beer next to us and stuff. And uh, I thought, oh, this is kind of trouble, you know. They're gonna say some shit. And uh, Josh stopped in the middle of the song and goes, "Oh, I messed that up, man. I messed that up." And the one big guy in the middle goes, "It happens, dude. We love you." <laughs> I was like, Holy shit. When does that ever happen, Chuck, at a concert? You know, that is that is a an Orange County-only thing when that happens. That uh, that only happens in the magical Orange County. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that right. I'm sure. With you a little bit of Encinitas. I, I, you know, the, uh, Orange County is where, like, we used to play, I don't know if Mike remembers, but Sublime, before they were really Sublime, before they you know blew up with that album um he had they 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 had like a joke song called date rape right it was kind mm -hmm. of a kind of a so we played throwing spots and played shows with them in anaheim and around there and i just remember playing a show with sublime at disneyland and the whole time we were playing anytime there was quiet people yell out sammy hager weekend just like, <laughs> is that the only song that we have? Um, you know, yeah. like just so disrespectful. Like we have other songs. Of course, we're going to play Sammy Yeager Weekend. Probably, if you know anything about rock music, probably towards the end. <laughs> but, but like from third song on, anytime there is a break, like, dude, we're going to get to it. It reminds me of this time. We played a uh, Sugar Bowl party in New Orleans when Alabama was playing in the Sugar Bowl. And we were playing, I think, I think at House of Blues in New Orleans. And, and uh, they were hating us. I don't know how we got booked for this thing, Chuck. I, don't, I think they thought they were getting the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which would happen a lot of times because we had the same manager, same booking mm -hmm. agent. Uh, but something was terribly wrong with this booking that we were playing the Sugar Bowl party in New Orleans. People did not like us. And they were very free with how much they didn't like us. 
So they were honest. Yeah. Dix Denny, <laughs> the genius non-speaker, you know, non-confrontational person. We're just looking at I'm, and I'm just dying. Like people are throwing shit at us, cussing at me. Fuck you. F word for gay people. Um, uh, and, and we're just, <laughs> we're just really people. struggling. And P, Mike knows this. Pete would love when that would happen because he's back <laughs> behind the drums. Right. Where he's like, he just, yeah. And I'm just out there and shit thrown at me and people screaming at me and whatever. And Pete, I turn around to Pete to tell him to start a song and he'd just be laughing because he loved it so much. <laughs> to give you an example, Chuck, if something, if somebody hit Bob with a bottle, Pete would do one of those rolls like you do in a comedy. So we're bombing and Dick Denny out of nowhere, Chuck, out of nowhere, starts playing the intro to Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. And that crowd stopped and screamed, fuck yeah. <laughs> and Dick, and as soon as he had started it, he just did that. <laughs> and the crowd went nuts. And then he stopped playing because he was just oh. joking. <laughs> and I said, know. no, 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 no. Don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> play it. And, and so we spent the rest of the night. We had to play like for another hour. We played Sweet Home Alabama three times in one hour. And people loved it every time. And then we'll, and we, that would give us cover to play like one of our songs. Then, like, if we played the second one of our songs, they'd start with the "fuck you," go back to Hollywood. Fuck it's you. Like, it's like when Iggy and, on Metallic KO says, uh, "I think a good song for you guys would be a 55-minute Louie Louie." After he got knocked out by that biker, you yeah. Heard that story? So, so there was just something really different about Ohana. It was just I just couldn't believe it. I was I just couldn't believe how 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 beautiful the crowd was, how beautiful the bands were. Bands were watching each other, which I don't, I don't see much anymore. I don't see, you saw that early on in Coachella where bands would go and see other bands and, and stand by the side of the stage. You saw all the bands kind of going and seeing each other. Uh, um, it was just kind of amazing. It's kind of like a perfect thing. Um, and even you know, in the I, back area, even in the back area, people were cool. I mean, the fact that there's like Donnie and Smitty and those guys, that everybody that I talked to that were the important people that make the shit happen there or that are in, directly involved, there were there was no rock star attitudes or like that, that from the people. When we were hanging out, Mike, in that one area and like Spoon is hanging out in the same area and they're not acting like rock stars. They just did an amazing set. And I'm like, oh, my God. These guys were fucking great. And I, hey, man, great set, guys. And they're like, cool, thank you. And I got to admit, I, I haven't been around <clears throat> rock bands in a long time. Like, I just hang around with my friends that are kind of old and whatever. They've just always been the same. So, like, bands I see are like Rage Against the Machine, Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction. You know, it's, just, it's kind of the same for the last 10 or 15 years. So I haven't been around new rock bands that are popular, like the one that Maddie loves, Mike, the Lord, Lord Huron. Huron. Yeah, Huron. And I, I, I like how they all get dressed up. It seems like they care that what they look like. They get dressed up in suits and ties and funny and cool shit. I just thought I haven't been around new bands much anymore. And that's what Ohana brought to me. Like, 
you know, here's the thing. It used to be a new band that had a really cool album or a cool song. You would hear about them and they'd be, a, they'd be like the new cool thing. And rock has kind of fallen by the wayside. And like always the new cool thing is like some hip hop kid or little peep or, or, you know, BTS or pink, black pink. So rock has really in my life been marginalized. I don't know about your guys. Like, have you seen as many new up and coming, really good rock bands as you saw over these two weekends? I hadn't not in years. No, there's a lot of guitar based Music. A lot of guitar and I, bands. And I, right? I, That's I, what I, really I mean. like that. That's what yeah. I mean by rock music, truck. Mm -hmm. They play the guitars. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with this instrument. I've heard of them. I've yeah, them. but it was it was just really cool. And I heard remnants of chili peppers and like, you know, and and just rock music, kiss. I heard some kiss guitar playing. I heard it was just a nice, nice couple of weekends really was especially once mike figured out the parking thing that parking thing was so great it oh was yeah so great thank you mike mart so much shout out to mark smith you know uh nicole blinky yeah the nicole's the one that hooked me up with that but you're the one that connected me to her yeah and rich best and brian smith all those people are just so amazing and do such a great job on that festival and as far as the covid it was amazing because everybody just had to show proof of vaccination or they had to have a negative covid test and it was amazing the testing thing was right there sid and elvis tested both days they went one day each weekend and they just tested right there and they knew in 10 minutes chuck and we just walked right in it was yeah so if you were amazing. comfortable not wearing a mask around that which i was you know i mm -hmm. just walked around without a mask you could not wear a mask or if you were wanted to wear a mask you could and nobody judged you it was just great man it was really a you know an amazingly run festival it was unbelievable I just did. Here's the thing about masks. I just did what was around me. So in the crowd, no, I was wearing a mask when I first went out into the crowd the first day that Friday and no one else was. And then I kept mine on for a while, Chuck, and then and then no one else was that I saw. And I felt like, yeah, it seems pretty safe. And I took my mask off and I said the kids could take their masks off. But then when I went backstage, everyone wore a mask. So then I had all the kids mm -hmm. and me wear masks. It's yeah. just common courtesy. Why right. does it have to be a political statement? <coughs> you know no. what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't. Did you guys see Beck? Yeah, yes. I saw Beck. I saw How Beck. the hell was he? I, that's the one thing I'm totally bummed I missed. I missed Plural One and Beck. He's uh, he's great. I just I've seen him so many times. The the problem is. Like, I know that the he has, let's, let's face it, he has these three eras, right? So he mm. has the original era, which I love so much. I don't know if you know this, Chuck, but um, Dallas Don, the bass player of Thelonious Monster, was the drummer in Beck. I mean, oh, how, no, that, I how that was, I don't know. So there's always been this, like, I heard all that, before that first album came out on Geffen, I heard all the demos of that because Dallas Don was the drummer. How great. He's not even, that, I don't even think he is a drummer. Is he Mike? No, they got a real one when they got signed. Does he play <laughs> bass now? Does he have a great big Afro? Like, does he have no. a big white guy Afro? No, he wasn't. He's not in the band. He was just a drummer. Like this was 25 years ago, Chuck. Mm. How long ago was it, Mike?
That was like a long fucking it was, time ago. It was it was early it was early nineties. Don is a guitar player. He you know playing rap, all this amazing. He was amazing. But he's, he's a bass, bass player, Thelonious Monster. Yeah, but he was a drummer saw, in that. You never and, saw plain rap, apparently. They were the most amazing three-piece band you'd ever want to see, and he fronted that. Was A-Rab in that? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think no. A-Rab was in plain rap. No. Anyways, no, he, he had a, when I met Don, he had a band called 3D Picnic, a great band with a girl singer. And then he had Ludafisk, but for some reason, I don't know how he ended up the drummer of Beck. So anyways, I want to tell you this story, Chuck. So I, we had all the demos that he had been recording around that made up that first album. I don't ever remember hearing Loser, but he had this song called MTV Makes Me Want to Smoke Crack. One of the greatest songs <laughs> ever in history. Did you ever hear this song, Mike? I, Google, yes, Google heard and it, yes. see if it was ever released. Oh, it was released? Uh, it, it's all like on bootleg stuff. He used to give out tapes all the time of all. Yeah, I stuff. had a tape of Chuck. Chuck, MTV makes me want to smoke crack. Yeah. yeah what yeah. What more do you need in a song than just the you, title? You don't. That's all I need. That's worth <laughs> buying already. I'll, I'll give you. So I'll, the, I'll buy that already. So he's been a genius forever. He was a genius when he was a 19 year old kid doing that stuff. Then he made a masterpiece, Odalay, with the Dust Brothers. And then he became like a, what I saw as like a folk singer, like, I don't know, like a really. Yeah, Sea Change was a big difference. Yeah, Sea yeah. Change. And I that, love that album. I yeah, love it, it. It's it good with paper. But it's, it's kind of it's kind of hard to fit together, right? If you have those three kind of careers, you have this kind of jokey kind of Bob Dylan on crack kind of ironic <laughs> you know it was the, the original Beck was closer to butthole surfers than it was to Neil Young let's face it but Bob you have to relate to this because you can't write Sammy Hager weekend every album you know what I mean you just can't do that you have to change and move and that's exactly what he's done and he's done it in a really amazing way but I it's think. hard to do live is what I'm saying so when do you take it down and do the acoustic stuff it's not just that one album he made like three albums of that yeah, but Lost Cause was like the big crossover. But then, then he did come back with information, I thought. And, you know, he, um, he, he's one of those guys where he has such moments of brilliance. Yeah, there's some misses, but it's, there's moments it's hard, of brilliance. But it, you understand, it's hard to put in an hour and ten. It's just hard. I would bet. I would bet. It's like three to different. Radio to me, it's like three different careers. And it's all going to be in an hour. That's hard. Like Morrissey doesn't have that problem. Every Morrissey song sounds the same, except for like the original. The original five albums are way better because Johnny Mars, the songwriter of them, right? Yeah. yeah, he's like the Rolling Stones or something. He just doesn't really need to change. He just puts out more good material. That's my opinion. Morrissey, yes. Yeah, but when I you go see Morrissey, is, it's I think pretty his much late just, stuff is is as great as his early stuff. All I'm saying is mm, there's not agree, there's not many artists like Beck that have no. really been three different things over a 30 year period of time. And how do you present that live? Most people like Neil Young is probably the easiest or closest example. Neil Young seems to inhabit a world 
and then get out of it and then never return to it again. I'm, I love the thing, this note's for you, right? This note's for you. Remember when he had the big band? Yeah, and that was a whole he change. Never, he doesn't do those songs in his concert. Was that with, was that with the Shocking Pinks? No, it was with different? a big, it was a, he made two albums of like with this big band. And that's huh. when you went and saw him, he played, you know, 11 songs of those two albums. And then he'd do some of his hits and that was over. But he, he doesn't try to integrate this notes for you into his set now. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know when you're a songwriter, you know when you've made a mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this notes, you don't think this notes for you is good? I really don't like those albums. I'm sorry. <laughs> rockabilly album. That yeah, was the pink, one with the shocking pinks. I yeah, think. that's yeah, a rockabilly that's album. Then he had a noise no. album called Trans, a Devo-like album called Trans, and then and and he had done that uh hey hey my my album whatever but i've seen him probably i've probably seen neil young more than anybody i've probably seen neil young like 20 20 times and i've never seen him do hey hey my my in like the last 25 years he just doesn't do those songs from a certain era of his life Bob, you remember the the Gloria Benefit, right? Where where Neil Young played, correct? Uh, Thelonious, it was Thelonious Monster, the Chili Peppers, and Neil Young at yes, Gloria Scott's okay, so, Benefit. So, do you, if you remember that concert uh, clearly, they all formed a circle for about twenty minutes. They just played in a tight little circle. Remember that? Yeah, and they only and they played. Didn't, they turned. They had their backs to the Neil Young had his back to the audience. They just started playing like guitar stuff and getting into the groove. It was just like Crazy Horse doing their solo guitar. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then they finally turned around. It wasn't Harvest. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was good. I thought it was just. I thought it was a magic. So Beck is a complicated artist. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I I would Ooh. rather. I would rather be able to go see him and he's going to be acoustic and then see him and he's going to do Odelay. Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, a, he's in a, he's in a unique position. I don't think there's many artists like that. There really isn't. So you're the guy in the audience yelling, loser, play loser. <laughs> <laughs> Devil's haircut. Devil's haircut. <laughs> Pay no mind. No, it's just yeah. hard to shift gears from, it's hard like i you know when you it's hard to make a set list of like if i was gonna make and somebody asked me uh josh klinghoffer asked me we'll talk to him on the next podcast about it he said why don't you make a list of your like 20 best songs it was a weird question to ask like i do know what my 10 best songs are guess what they're all really slow acoustic songs. Is it any more serial song? Um, uh, uh, my boy. Uh, uh, um, the, I love a song called Nothing's Perfect. That's like mid-tempo. Most of my songs would, would put an audience to sleep if you put all my best songs together. You need something to lift up. Right. Maybe that's yeah. what he's doing. I don't know. But I, I really do prefer the Odelay era. It really was a magical album, that Odelay record. He could just play that and I'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, when you're, 
when you're looking at trying to hit a massive audience that isn't particularly there to see you, you want to play the stuff that people will know too, because you want to get feedback. I mean, that's the funniest thing about the church for a long time when that, whenever they'd come out after under the Milky way was a, like the only runaway song for them. It was the only song that got any traction in the United States. They'd play it at the beginning just so they wouldn't have to hear all that hollering. <coughs> you know who originated that? No. The band 999. I saw them at the Cuckoo's Nest in 1979. They opened with Homicide and they closed <laughs> with Homicide. That's smart. How fucking smart is that? <laughs> that's like uh that's like when you go to Hawaii and see uh the Tiny Bubbles guy, Don Ho. Don he opens he and play, closes yeah, he with plays it? Tiny Bubbles in the beginning and he has his own little theater there. He used to, he, he would play Tiny Bubbles in the beginning, Tiny Bubbles in the middle, a little medley, <laughs> and then he played Tiny Bubbles at the end. Yeah, you got to play Tiny Bubbles. <laughs> He's the Tiny Bubbles guy. It was amazing. And you're the Sammy Hagar guy and I don't have a song. You just can't get enough <laughs> tiny bubbles, man. I mean, hey, maybe Thelonious should do Thel should do Sammy Hager in the beginning. In the beginning, and in the middle, and the end. version, a little in the middle. Yeah, you could do different thing. versions of it. You could slow it down in the middle for a little person. Oh, there's time. different <laughs> versions how of Sammy Hager. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, how sick would that be? Chuck, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with this. So through the ages, because Thelonious Monster has been playing in... How many decades, Mike? The 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, the 2020s. So Lonnie Sponsor has played in five decades. How crazy <laughs> is that? And so over the years, all I do is change the name of the rock star. It's a Jack and Meg White weekend. It's a Jack and Meg White state of mind. And then it's also been, it's a Perry Farrell weekend. Perry Farrell words go better in there yep. than, than Jack and Meg White Weekend. Mm -hmm. But I can make it work with Jack and Meg White Weekend. I think it's been other things, Mike, hasn't it? I don't know. I've, I've done it other yeah. things, but those are the two I remember best. Because you got to update your material, Chuck, with the era. So it was never a Limp Biscuit Weekend? It Is... was never a Limp Fred Durst God, Weekend. It man, never was. Never a Fred Durst Poor Weekend. Poor Fred. Damn, you should... You got to work that in, Bob. I hope it he could be a, listen. Could it be a Morrissey weekend? That would be a weird weekend. N nowadays, it would have to be a Pop Smoke weekend, wouldn't it, Chuck? It's a Pop <laughs> Smoke weekend. <laughs> it's a Pop. It's a Pop Smoke weekend. Oh, the Pop Smoke uh, state of mind. We're gonna shoot some cops and oh, no. you know do some. Oh, like, oh like, boy, there like, you go. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is nothing compared to Mr. Smoke's record. And by the way, here's an interesting thing. So when I go to Target, I always look at what's the vinyl because that'll tell you where America's at. And a couple weeks ago, it was Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish, Pop Smoke, Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack, and the Foo Fighters. That's where America is at. That is go. mainstream American music. Now, what's kind of crazy to me, he's dead. Right. And he has a new twenty nine ninety nine vinyl in every target in America. Wow. That is just strange to me. Yeah. And Ooh. I'll leave you with this in the new Dave Chappelle stand up. That's so controversial. And I don't want to get in on the controversy. So I'm neutral about it. he says about the baby. Right. He says, does everyone know that he murdered somebody in a Walmart when he was 19 years old in South Carolina? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying those are facts. That is a crazy America right there, right? 
we got some real soul searching to do. We got some real coming together to try to create. And I'm telling you, Eddie Vedder does it for five days, once a year. So if you wanted to live in a righteous world, you would take that thing that happens there and try to bring it into your daily life. What is it? It was respectful. It was mellow. There wasn't a big focus on who's who. I didn't see anybody running around like, oh, there's a celebrity here. That was interesting. There, we we got to do a deeper dive on Ohana and what it really is and why it why we can't have that every day. Why can't every day and every why can't that community be like that? Because I guarantee you, Dana Point is not like that. <laughs> yeah, Seems I, I like hear a, you. kind of a laid back kind of hippie vibe. You know, I like it. It's pretty no, rich. It's, no, it's not. Mike. It's pretty rich. <laughs> if you. But Mike, if you come well, on, well, all to the that- old hippies are rich now. <laughs> Most old hippies and stuff became like very successful. There is something magical that happens there. It may be an illusion. It may be just out of respect for Eddie. But people were cool, man. People were. I didn't hear any arguments. I didn't hear any political talk. I didn't hear any negative talk and pronouns. I didn't hear anything negative tell me you didn't see one giant truck bearing flags no i didn't see any flags i did not either bob i did not see one giant truck (laughs) can we just get a fucking nice don't fucking use drugs message or something going on oh no that's never gonna work are you kidding me these kids love the drugs mike there's people that want to get off drugs bob there's people that want to get off drugs what if we found out that most of the people that, that were there were so happy were on drugs mike no what would probably <laughs> just smoke i did smell i did smell a lot of marijuana there listen I smoking did. weed has never been the problem man with fucking hard drug use man let me tell okay. you that is that is the bullshit of the fucking century man the gateway drug bullshit man Wow, Mike Mart making a statement. Well, it wow. is. It's bullshit, man. You can smoke pot all your life and be happy. I'd, I'd be, I'd be happy to have that drawn out discussion one time. I love that discussion. That's like saying alcohol is the gateway it, drug it, it to is. marijuana. Gateway, they're all, they all open oh, you up so to a different you're just sort of lifestyle. To abstain and not ever do anything. I'm just saying that. that cigarettes were my gateway to marijuana. And peanut butter and candy was your gateway to to cigarettes. I don't know about peanut butter, but candy definitely leads to heroin use. I know that. Oh yeah, <laughs> we should ban every fucking thing. Man. We should get rid of right. no more. People candy. should grow up and fucking realize that you know people have their own choices to make, and all they need to be is is yeah. Anyways, candy leads to heroin addiction. So yeah. if you don't want your kids to become heroin addicts, don't allow them to eat candy. That that's the message from Don't Die. Don't let them leave the house. <laughs> don't allow candy. Don't allow your children to eat candy, except for if you're at a Verizon store and the phones are downloading and it's going to take 20 minutes. You can ice take cream. them for ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Can we get shirts made to say "fuck candy"? <laughs> yeah, fuck candy. No, candy leads to heroin addiction. Yeah, candy leads perfect. to heroin. Like leads it. to fentanyl. Candy. Candy, candy, I can't let you go. (laughs) Go All right, you guys, see you later. Good night, guys.